Hello, wonders in the fourth dimension, and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. My name's Emma, he's Mike over there, and today we're going to have a chat about the latest episode of Doctor Who's Smile. Happy, happy, happy. Happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is Frank Cottrell's voice's second outing, his previous uh, story we weren't too keen on. So, what did you think of this one? Well, I mean, certainly better, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Um... I, I I think uh, like you, I, I was sort of going in with uh, some somewhat not a, a small degree of concern about mm. this. I must say because in the forest of the night it was such. I think probably it's up there for me as one of the you know if not the if one of the worst episodes since the return. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're bringing back a writer that's uh, giving you that, it's um, it's difficult to get infused. Mm. I mean, I have, to, I have to give him like fair play from them to actually say, "Oh, we'll give you another go." So yeah, because I mean, obviously, you know, although that the party line is that you would never say this episode is more or less successful than the other episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't believe that no one reads the reviews. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you do wonder not why they went back to Frank Control Royce, but I mean, um, yeah. Um, Obviously, when you've had other writers that aren't getting another shot, you do wonder why sort of he was picked. But um, mm. yeah, I, I, well, so that sort of went to went along with me tempering my expectations with Smile. But I must say, uh, although um, you know we'll we'll sort of get into it as we go along, I was I was presently surprised by this. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable enough, I think. Yeah, it's enjoyable enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to really say that I don't think it's my favourite episode ever since no. it came back, um, but certainly uh, a far better shot at the uh, shot at it than um, than his previous effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's nice is that, especially, I mean, I don't know how they, I mean, because this um, thing that RTD used to do is this whole idea of having like tone meetings. Mm-hmm. You know that you'd have this these sort of big meetings where they all got together and there was like these big brainstorms of the writers and this department and that department and everyone would be together mm-hmm. and thrashing out the direction of the show and this character does this character does that this is what we want from effects this is what we want from this department um, but something you find especially in sort of the early uh, episodes of a series that they're still kind of feeling out how the characters interact. I mean, if you, a good example is if you go back to Girl in the Fireplace mm-hmm. and how Rose and Mickey are in Girl in the Fireplace compared to other episodes of that, the beginning of that series. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite different because Stephen Moffat didn't have all the character information. Yeah. So he just went ahead and wrote what he, you know, a sort of a good relationship between Mickey and Rose when they weren't really in that place. Mm. So that came across as a, as a bit jarring in the whole scheme of things. So what's the point I'm trying to get to is that I think that it's nice that, although this is an early instalment, I think that Frank Godfrey Boyce really got Bill right this episode. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's definitely safe to say that. Pearl Mackey as well, again, great Love her, yeah. I mean, I'm, I must say, I think if if it hadn't been for Pearl Mackey, this would have been a distinctly uh, underwhelming mm-hmm. uh, episode. Uh, but yeah, she completely makes it. And talking about a soft reboot for this series, <laughs> we've had a, re- a Rose reboot. Now we have an End of the World reboot. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the other thing that really struck me about it is, again, it's kind of like the pilot. This one gets 
takes its time to get started. Yeah, I mean, and that is another. I mean, you know, in terms of a getting to know you episode, which this basically was, I think. Mm. Um, you, it's another solid twenty-five to thirty minutes of this basically being the Doctor and Bill show. Mm. And you know, what? I think this time, I think I preferred that. I think once mm-hmm. the other humans start coming into it, um, obviously it has to like gallop towards the conclusion, but you know, the 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 crew of the Arrow one just sort of like I don't know they just sort of like are there to have like a last minute complication yeah and I think that that's you know I don't want to sort of I, I, you know we can't really dance around it I suppose it mm. sort of get to the main thrust of where my main criticism of this episode is going to be mm-hmm. in that you have a the premise not the premise but the, this kind of the first half hour is kind of let down over the last 15 minutes because they feel like they have to have some sort of now the exciting conclusion and yeah. jeopardy. And yeah. I, I mean, and part of me thinks, wouldn't it have been ever so brave if they just had them two and that was it? Mm-hmm. Or even if they just had like the crew of the Air One wake up at the very end. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I have to say, like, like, like I say. They didn't really, they didn't really add very much, and um, I mean, Ralph Little, although he's sort of like the the guest name in this, it could have been anybody really. I mean, he had like a dozen lines, maybe, yeah. you know, and nothing, nothing really extremely intelligent. I mean, he, yeah. he wakes up and he's quite jolly and gets this sort of, um, you know, very sort of to the point <laughs> yeah. briefing from the from the doctor, and then decides to tool up, and that's essentially all we all we get of this character. Yeah, I mean, like three quarters of his dialogue is probably sort of like sort of human centric jingoism slash mm-hmm. racism against the emoji bots. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. no, this no, this is our thing. It's like, well, yeah, it was, but not anymore, dude. <laughs> yeah, circumstances have changed. Mm. But yeah, I mean, um, I must say, all that I was, I was really into the first half hour of this. I was yeah. like, say. Pearl Mackey was so great as Bill, and so ble- I mean, and. After obviously sort of not discounting the the original series because we've we you know we watched all of it, but um, especially in the new series, a way to find to make this relationship feel really fresh and the questions that Bill asks really fresh is really it kind of blows my mind that mm. how kind of they found all these little wrinkles and different questions to ask, and it all sounds completely new. Yeah, I mean the even the like the bit where she asks about why the seats are so far back in the TARDIS, it's, it's sort of like one of those things like like we said um like last time, Moffat sort of must have just like sat up one day and went, Why does nobody mention this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and the things about asking about his blood pressure because he's got mm-hmm. two hearts and you know, it's stuff like that that just kind of like why is no of course why has no one asked this before? And it just yeah, just that freshness of mm-hmm. this relationship is really well, ref- don't need to say the word refreshing, but yeah, I mean, in- extremely pra- worthy of praise because mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's hard to do this after ten series or more, you know, more than ten years mm-hmm. and lots of companions, and especially for people who are, are old series veterans, yeah. you know, you've heard every iteration of, but Doctor, what is it, and things about the TARDIS, and mm-hmm. yeah, really just cool, and I, I think that. But, uh, as well, I mean, we we kind of 
again with this thing of taking Peter Capaldi's excellence for granted every week because he brings mm. it every week. Um, that his ability to kind of sort of be kind of a bit delighted with the way that Bill is a sort of taking in all of these mm-hmm. new things. Yeah. And I also like also how he sort of admits at the end that he was wrong about the way he was going about things, um, mm. especially when he tries to like destroy the arrow one. And then he sort of like even like apologizes to the Vardy and the emoji bots saying, you know, I, I messed up, you know, you know, can I uh, make it up to you? Um, it's, it's sort of like it's something you don't often see from the doctor, especially this doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, I did definitely like that. And um I like that even though, you know, Bill's going around with a big smile on her face, looking at everything, the the doctor's like a little emoji badge is constantly sort of like puzzled. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the the emoji bots. Um I found them weirdly off putting. The actual little robots. Yeah. Um, um I think as it was sort of that not the kind of uncanny valley things they're not very humanoid Mm because they haven't got like um you know not like those creepy robots from like japan that are like you know they used to um you know staff hotels now um you know so you're not getting that sort of uncanny valley thing from that but because they were like small and like just like your brain says, oh, you know, that's going to be sort of cutesy. But then they're like, oh, well, they're sort of weird. And mm-hmm. yeah, I found them strangely off-putting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, strangely enough, it is the use of the emojis mm. that sort of like does it. Because when they've got the smiley faces, their eyes are also smiley faces. They've, they've mm. got the big smile and then the two smiley faces for eyes. And <laughs> I mean, I was like, like the, the, the pound signs at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I did like that. That was funny. Um, um, what I did like most about like this um, aspect of the plot is the fact that they sort of treat humans' grief as like a virus. Um, it's just yeah. like because just the way they sort of like think. You know, the doctor alludes to like the wet brain, dry brain problem. Um, it's like it's like the Vardy's like misrepresentation of grief. They think they're they're built to keep people happy. And, you know, and everything's like upbeat and cheerful. So, you know, one person dies. They don't know what exactly is going on. Everyone starts to like feel sorry for themselves. So they think they seem it's they think it's like viral, like the grief's like spreading throughout the um, the skeleton crew. So, you know, what's what to do when you've got a virus, you try and quarantine it and then, you know, they take it one step further and then euthanize the patients. <laughs> effectively <laughs> yeah um there's a there's a video game called the uh the turing test which came out last year mm-hmm. which is uh, basically deals with uh you you sort of play as a, a an astronaut who's been woken up from uh deep sleep because something's gone wrong on one of the kind of exploration colonies and you have to go down and solve all the puzzles because the computer can't do it mm-hmm. because they don't understand the things of like um you know, and so basically, in the, in the dialogue that you have with this computer, the computer explains not so much that um, computer like this whole idea of the logic of um, why why the computers can't pass the Turing test ultimately. And the mm-hmm. um, computer saying that you know, if you give a computer a problem like you're trying to solve now, mm-hmm. um, you've got to go and get um, your hand has to be in that room 
and you've got one opening and mm-hmm. so rather than you know the computer logic is well rip off the hand and put the hand over there rather than you know solve a series of puzzles to get the door open to go over there and put it on yourself you see what i mean yeah yeah so it's this whole this this kind of idea of little mindedness yeah li- well logic taken to the the nth degree thing is mm-hmm. the kind of the the tricksy genie wish that um that the the doctor kind of explains about the magic haddock mm-hmm. thing at the end but i would say that sort of talking about that and one thing that when me and Charles were talking about this episode um, afterwards it it did feel a tiny bit like sort of greatest hits Mm -hmm. because there there was definitely more than a few people who were saying hang on a minute I've seen this before it's called the happiness patrol yeah but I think it's it's different enough from having yeah it's got the same sort of Mm -hmm. core conceit Um, but you know on the one hand happiness patrol is about you know, a human being enforcing her citizens on this. Whereas with, like we say, a smile, it's more about a misunderstanding on the part of a, a mechanical brain. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, you can't, like, deny that there are, there's definitely, like, sort of nods and winks, if you will, to Happiness Patrol. Um, but I think smiles, like, twists enough to make it its own thing. So you can just sort of go like, oh, it's it's kind of like Happiness Patrol, but without it being a direct sort of carbon copy of it. It's not like sort of Remembrance of the Darks and Silver Nemesis, which are pretty much the same, except one's got one different type of enemy and one's got the other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just do a I'll just do a quick quote here because um, Chuck put a, put a post up on Facebook, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is fairly relevant for this, actually. Um, and he said, so for last night, when he was typing this, it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Inspirations list says, The Happiness Patrol, The Chase, The Ark in Space, The Beast Below, The Girl Who Waited, and so on, which of course some fans are using as, as a stick to hit them off at with for uh, being unoriginal. And he said, how exactly, how many original Doctor Who story themes are there left to use? Even back in Pertwee days, Malcolm Hulk reckoned there was only three Invasion Earth scenarios they could use. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot of Alien Worlds one either. Um, it's juggling the elements together to make an interesting story that counts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, while I agree with that to a point, I think that, um, I, I don't know, I mean, was, we talked about this during the uh, during our uh, hype show. Yeah. That the that sort of stark white thing was very like the girl who waited, especially with, like, if you compare it to the hand bots and the emoji bots. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if this is human colonies and sort of in diff- slightly different times, but you know, people are going to build things like this, sort of regardless. Yeah, they're going to have a similar sort of aesthetic. Yeah, so you can you can so you can think about it in that way. Yeah, um, which I think is certainly legitimate. But I think overall, uh, where where you've got a story like this, which has got a lot of influences, mm-hmm. it kind of then I think requires you to then be a little bit braver with the execution, and I think that. That that kind of need I feel to sort of have a have a dilemma at the end, mm-hmm. it kind of let it let the whole let the hole down a little bit. Yeah, I think I mean I do like how the whole thing was building up to a basically have you turned it off and turn it back on again sort of pun, um, mm. but yeah, like I think going back to what I said earlier, um, the the fact that the humans awake to sort of like add an extra layer of complication to it so it didn't really sort of need to happen like i say i think it would have been much better had 
the Doctor and Bill found a way to sort out the problem before the humans woke up, and then the Doctor has to like introduce this sort of brand new world that they weren't quite expecting to them. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I you know, I do wish. I mean, because I think because I'm enjoying the Bill and Doctor's relationship so much, mm-hmm. um, you kind of just want it to be all them all the time. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. since Bill's a new companion, so you kind of want to get that dynamic going because I think that's kind of what a lot of people sort of complained about with the Doctor and Clara mm. is it didn't really seem there wasn't any sort of like natural sort of build up it seemed like yeah yeah it's just like it, it, this is this bird who's here and your mates now go mm. whereas with Bill I feel I mean I say I think the way that her approach to the world mm. and her, her sort of her enthusiasm yeah, um, I think it's sort of the doctor is really enjoying it, sort of as an old git, you know, who's been doing it, who's and as well someone who's been cooling their heels on Earth for a while, mm-hmm. um, is 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 quite into, which I think is is cool. So, what do you think about the decision? I mean, I think it's actually quite a good decision, sort of depend, you know, sort of with what happened in this episode. But Nardo only really being in it for the first, you know, in the first ninety seconds. What did you make of that? I think that was fair. I think it was yeah. fair enough because I you don't, I can't see how he would have added to the overall story. Um, so I, I quite like the fact that he's basically nagging the Doctor to stay put. And clearly yeah. the Doctor just wants... You know, the, the, the Doctor sort of like says, oh, I've, you know, I've got this obligation, but clearly he, he wants out. Yeah. Or or well, at you... least... Well, not even, well, maybe he's not even wants out, but he just wants to like... You know, bugger off and do something else for a little bit and then come back and so like he wants a break from his duties if you will and even the fact i thought was telling that you know the doctor sort of like explains why he's guarding this vault but in the very sort of like basic nebulous terms you know a thing happened i made a promise you know i've got to keep that promise you know he's he's clearly trying to keep bill out of it Oh, absolutely! I I absolutely agree that he's trying to keep it vague because it's something not fun. I mm-hmm. think, but yeah, I just think. And um, but what interests me about that, although we've already had a very brief appearance in Nardole, mm-hmm. that I think it would be easy for him to kind of be because of Matt Lucas's uh, background and stuff. It would be easy to kind of make him the comic relief and the butt yeah. of the jokes. Where whereas now with, with that, I think what they're trying to do is show him as not this sort of master-servant relationship, although mm. there is a little bit of kind of that that Jeeves and Worcester-ish kind of relationship, but yeah. him to him to sort of be, you know, the, the boss of it a little bit and be the, the responsible one, if you will. Because mm-hmm. somebody has to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because they kind of actually seem to make it more like a marriage than yeah. it is like anything else actually which is really <laughs> which is really fun and mm-hmm. i think it, like I say, it could be, it'd be so easy to just go oh matt lucas comes in he like falls in the door farts and you know something doctors like get out of it and they go off and have an adventure mm-hmm. you know like i say it's like this sort of odd sort of odd couple kind of housemate um like peep show kind of housemate relationship where <laughs> yeah. you kind of got you know nardole being the sort of bossy mum for mm-hmm. this episode and the dog's are going yeah I'll come in down a minute and then slam the door and go go running off and have an adventure yeah yeah I, I quite liked how sort of pretty much like straight faced Matt Lucas played it I mean it does get that little um, sort of 
joke under his breath about oh, I'm not making a cup of tea for her and so like as he mopes off um, but otherwise I, was, I thought it was quite interesting how sort of how quite firm he was with the doctor I think he sort of had an idea that um, this was coming and he was just try, like at least like trying to make his point across that you know the, doc- the doctor must be doing this even though I think he's, he has an idea that it's going to happen anyway yeah. he's just trying to like put his foot down yeah, well, obviously as well, I think they seem to be as well trying to put him in kind of a bit like in sort of result of this is put hurt him in opposition to Bill a bit. Mm. That the whole idea of Bill being along that Nardo would see as a problem because mm-hmm. it's going to distract the Doctor from this very important job that he's got yeah. that he's committed to doing. So yeah, I think that's that's got a potential to be interesting, and I think for the sake of Bill's character they had to kind of do this getting to know you episode, mm. if you see what I mean. Um, but yeah, I, I think it does. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much Nardole is actually in this series properly. If you see what I mean? Yeah. I think probably, um, obviously due to the, the very ending of this episode, I think it'll probably only maybe see him at the end of the next one. Yeah. Um, after that, who knows? But I think what they're doing so far is definitely good. Like they definitely like keeping it tempered. You know, like you say, it's very easy for, like, to let, like, Matt Lucas off the chain and he just, like, goes around, it's like, almost sort of, like, George Dawes from space, if you will. Mm, yeah. Um, which which is kind of, like, what you'd maybe like, expect him to do, because that's just, that's, you know, that's his sort of brand of comedy, really. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, keep it in temper, and especially in this one, where he's trying to be a little bit, like, a lot more serious about things. I think it just like goes. To sh- I think it does like help to show that you know Matt Lucas is not just this kind of pratfalling sort of sort of one trick pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there is quite a you know you were saying about George Dawes. I think it's a bit of a separation between this job and being dressed in a giant baby grow singing a song about baked potatoes, which is uh, something he used to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, one thing I really did like is actually the sort of the aesthetic of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think having that sort of stark white, this place in Valencia. What's it called? Hang on, I've got the thing. The City of Arts and Sciences in Valencia, yeah. which is this sort of very, you know, stark white, futuristic looking place. And then you had those sort of fields of corn and the blue TARDIS right there. I don't really mm-hmm. talk about this sort of stuff because I don't really, I'm not very qualified to speak about it. Yeah. Um so, but I really that was really cool and one thing I did really in terms of effects I really liked those little badges they had mm. I thought that it was where they were sort of turning over in their hands yeah and you never they you know you they never could see never them. see what the face was you go back and watch that again and admire the effects because they were not just going oh look at this oh look at, and then turning it because they were spinning it around in their hands and looking and looking mm-hmm. and I thought that was really clever yeah, the way that they man- that that effect. To... Yeah, because when you pull it back to the two shots and one of them's turned over, you can actually see the face. Yeah, it's it's, it's small, but it's definitely noticeable. But when you get the close-ups, obviously they're turning it over and over and over, and it never shows up. I mean, it's it's probably just like really simple, like sim- very easily done with a computer. But it's just that sort of level of detail. Yeah, I think, and also kind of like you know when the pin the badges obviously they go to pin the badges on like the chest like you would normally but the fact when it goes like zips over the shoulder and disappears yeah. i thought it's just it's like sometimes it's the little things 
that sort make of... a make an episode. Yeah, I mean, it's not something like um, effects that have kind of taken you out of of shows before. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it has happened, and it's not perfect. And the budget they work on is is comparatively small, but it's the little things that make the whole great. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. The only thing was though, mm. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of. Have you ever seen the film Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. And the bits with the tattoos on their back. What does mm-hmm. mine say, dude? What does mine say, Sweet. It kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that. I know it shouldn't have done, but. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I feel a little bit. Not that I haven't got a lot to say about this one, mm-hmm. but um, actually, something that I did want to bring up actually is something that Shane brought up on Twitter, uh-huh. which I thought was quite interesting. After the episode, he he said, um, "I wonder if it's about this thing about women always being told to smile." Hmm. which I thought was a really interesting perspective and one that I didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I 100% agree with it because it wasn't just Bill who had to, mm-hmm. you know, put this rictus grin on. But, yeah, it, it you definitely make a case of saying it's it's a bit of a commentary on this thing of, you know, these people who come up to you unprompted and tell you to smile, it's not so bad and all this sort of thing, which I yeah. fucking hope. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> It's um, especially with someone like me who's got a horrific case of resting bitch face. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, it 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 is an interesting thought, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure I, I'm a hundred percent with it. But yeah, uh, if it had just been Bill on her own, yeah. um, who had to deal with this, then yeah, hundred percent, I, w- I probably would have said I think I think that he was onto something. So yeah, I think it's an interesting thought, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe not one I'm 100% down with. Yeah, it certainly wasn't the intention. I mean, it's, it's you can like certainly infer it, but I don't think that was the intention. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it certainly is telling. The, I can see why he thinks that, because obviously the two sort of like skeleton crew we meet at the beginning who get offed are both female. And of course, you know, there's the ratio of like main female to male characters there's like more skewed in favor of the females because obviously the two skeleton crew and bill um and then you've got the doctor and maybe the little boy who like are affected by i mean obviously um ralph little's character doesn't get involved in that and the whole sorry the the whole having to smile um shenanigans so yeah i can see i see what shane's getting at but i don't think that was that probably wasn't the intent i think it was just more of a case of Sort of like the whole like keep calm and carry on sort of thing, uh, yeah. thing, you know, trying to make it look like you're happy, even though you're completely, you're quite clearly not. Yeah. Well, maybe, um, maybe this story would have been well, not better, but I think if you're going to have um, a human colony, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have been if you're going to have pe- other people turn up. I yeah. wonder if it would have been slightly more interesting to have them from the beginning that you sort of. You walk into this place and everyone's got these weird Richter screens and no one can be unhappy and you, the, the doctor and Bill were kind of digging into that and that, find out. Yeah, I think. But do if you did that, then you'd get even more into like the Happiness Patrol. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, um, it's quite. Di- I mean, that's why we don't write for telly, mate. Yeah. It's quite difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I I must say I was a little bit. I was I was really into this for the first half hour, mm-hmm. and then the last fifteen minutes kind of it just got a bit flabby for me. Yeah, I mean, like I say, the the bits like I say like again, it's I think when the the actual colonists awaken from the cryo sleep, I think that was 
sort of where things like went a little bit off the rails. It did need like an extra sort of complication. I just don't know if that was the right one. Like I like the fact the doctor was determined to like destroy the because obviously he was just assuming that the the colony ship would be on its way. So he's trying to stop the problem before it starts. Um, so I did like that twist um, that the colony ship was already there. They just sort of built out from it. Mm. Um, I think I'd, I think I would have just preferred like like I say. I think the humans just had to like be left out of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that you can't you kind of have to do one or the other. And I think mm-hmm. this sort of middle middle part middle ground the idea that they went for yeah kind of let it down a little bit i mm. I think it would have been far braver and a far more interesting episode to just have it as a as a two part as a two-hander and as well this it kind of lets down this little moment that bill has when she's looking at in sort of the space book mm-hmm. <laughs> and and says was it and she asked the doctor over the sort of ear intercom thing was this our last hope mm-hmm and cries a bit and I just thought of I mean it would have been a Debbie Downer ending but um, yeah I mean maybe sort of the the doctor having to sort of explain to her that you know this has happened there are other people maybe and there's you know this isn't the end but this is the end of this colony and we have to fix you know we could just have to stop other people coming here and Mm -hmm. things like that and it's okay to be sad about it and them to have a conversation around that if you see what I mean yeah 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 I see what you mean yeah I mean, may- maybe that conversation is a little bit... It's a little bit too early in the series to have that conversation because mm. Bill hasn't had any fun yet. Yeah. Uh, it's also it's like... A, a, I can see what you're getting at because it's also a little bit end of the world because, you know, yeah. Rose mourns the destruction of Earth because they were too busy sorting their own problems out. It's certainly tricky yeah. to like find like a good sort of... I mean, I don't want to say original, but like a, a solution that doesn't come across as just lifting it from a previous episode. Or Again, it's, 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 of... Yeah, it's going back to like yeah. the, the no new stories under the sun sort of thing yeah. you were talking about earlier. Mm. I, I, I just think maybe, I wonder if they were sort of thinking about going down that road, but it just felt a bit early in Bill's mm. timeline to kind of have this 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 sort of ending but like you say the end of the world they they went full throttle for that mm-hmm. um in, in the first one but obviously we were trying to we were trying to articulate what was different about this incarnation of the doctor the mm-hmm. ninth doctor and sort of what his and what his red lines are and the, yeah. you know he watches cassandra get sort of explode because she isn't moist enough mm-hmm. um and you sort of get okay that's the sort of guy this is sort of thing yeah um Whereas I think obviously because we're three doctors removed from that, it isn't the same sort of character. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe that Indian might not have sat very well. I don't mm. know. It just doesn't suit this the twelfth Doctor. I mean, I could see the eleventh Doctor doing it or the tenth, but it just doesn't seem I, to really suit the twelfth. Well, I could see the twelfth Doctor doing it in the is the first like the series eight. Yeah. I think I think we're too removed from like how the twelfth Doctor first started, when he was when we said he was a lot more sort of grumpy and cold. And like like I could this could easily be like a series eight episode with that kind of ending, um, but now that Peter Capaldi's Doctor's like softened up and is a bit yeah. more fun loving, then yeah, you get that sort of um, sort of disconnect. From the tone of the yeah. story's conclusion to 
the doctor although that would have been a good sort of like wake up call to bill like yeah this guy's a bit goofy but he will do what needs to be done yeah especially as the the story kind of goes out of its way to to point out this the the, the advice and assistance obtainable immediately thing on the front of the police box and why mm-hmm. that it why it's there when you know when the the doctor is trying to sort of once again as he nearly always seems to be mm-hmm. uh, be pushing away this concept of him being sort of this this sort of hero who comes and helps yeah things which is something that this series has has not gone on gone on incessantly about but I feel like has come up at nearly every turn mm. um and while it's right again that Bill would be in the new character we're sort of this sort of soft reboot which seems to be happening right now yeah um it it makes sense to 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 bring that bring it up again yeah um but we you know we've we've had this conversation with the 12th doctor as an audience mm-hmm. um and i think there's something obviously that they're going to probably keep going on with as well because the doctor's made this this uh, commitment to to look after this vault mm-hmm. um so again with the the this sort of the sense of duty of uh, helping out and and doing the right thing in inverted commas yeah um i feel like that's going to be that's going to be coming up again let's mm. put it that way Hmm. Um, so, is there anything else you wanted to mention, or should we just get on with the scores? Well, oh, do you want to hear from our good friend Tony Boydell now, oh, or shall we? Yes. Yeah, go on then. Uh, yeah. So he's uh, he's left us a short little missive on the Greatest Show in the Galaxy Facebook page. He says, "Hey, peeps. Well, we're back in an early evening, kiddie-friendly territory with the emoji bots, aren't we? Fun, but lighter than candy floss. Although the Vardis reminded me of the Vashinarada. Yes, that's another one." Hmm. So is, is this a link origin, perhaps? Am I am I supposed to get? Oh, right, okay. Are we trying to maybe the Vardi or the Vashnarada by any other name? You know, the origins of the Vashnarada. That's a very interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. Um, it tried on with Gusto, and I particularly enjoyed the idea of the Doctor as the helpline, but it was a little infantile for my taste. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not sure. I 100% agree with it being infantile. I mean, obviously, no. the I think that they they definitely avoided a few easy goals like. Um, I was I was quite convinced there was going to be a poo emoji on, mm-hmm. on the face of one of those uh, <laughs> of yeah. one of those uh, robots, but uh, they they resisted temptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see how. I mean, as well with them being kind of little and cutesy, and although I found found them somewhat uh, disturbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you for that, Tony. Thanks for your feedback as always. Thank you, mate. Okay, so um, out of ten, what are you going to give this one? I think it's a six for me again. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I mean, I I didn't find it as strong as uh, the pilot, um, but you know, still a solid episode. I can't. Like... Oh yeah, it's absolutely solid. Yeah, but I I don't feel like I can kind of of um, go beyond a six with it because mm-hmm. I was, I think the end was a bit flabby and a bit kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, I, I wish that there was a it had been a little bit braver and stuck just with a, a Bill and Doctor episode um so yeah i don't feel like i can give it more than that so yeah but you know still better in the first of the night so you know oh god yeah in, in that case job done <laughs> well say so, i mean i've been kicked in the shin before and i think that was more fun than the uh, <laughs> than the forest of the night so yeah so if you have any thoughts about Smile, you can send them to us at our regular email address, greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com, to our Twitter account at greatestshowpod, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast. 
Whilst you're listening to us, feel free to check out some of our sister shows on the Simply Syndicated network, such as Simply Syndicated Movie News, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Masters of None, Do Ask, Do Tell, Bat Channel 66, Here Goes Nothing, Tech It or Leave It, The Seventh Chevron, The Little Pot of Horrors, Queer Studies, Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, Nerd Hurdles, Making Sense with Richard Smith, The Greatest Events in Sporting History, For Those About to Rock, Dangerously Unprepared, and Starbase 66. Simply Syndicated is in need of your support, and the best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything. For a monthly fee of just £6, you can enjoy a library of podcasts from the archives of Simply Syndicated, as well as episodes of the exclusive to Simply Everything shows Shaken Not Stirred, and the Remote Patrol spin-offs Oh Boy and Trust No One. Simply Syndicated also runs a merchandise store offering apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. You can also support the network through a monthly page on Patreon, or you can donate to the network through paypal.me, of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you very much, Mike. Until next time, take care, bye-bye, and remember to smile. <laughs>